Dog Earthlets! My name is Conrad, and welcome to another in our series of Space Spinner 2000 Collected Episodes. Our goal with these is to collect our coverage of top 2080 thrills and storylines in one place, so you can listen to them all in one go. They're a great accompaniment to reading the 2080 collections that Rebellion publishes, or just to hear us talk about the good stuff without being interrupted by the other stuff. Kiss my axe! We're completing... 2080 Mount Rushmore with Slain Warrior's Dawn. These are the earliest adventures of the antediluvian Celtic warrior, spanning stories from Prague's 330 to 360, August 1983 to March 1984. Like almost everything related relating to Slain, these stories are all written by Pat Mills, with awesome art by Angela Kincaid, Massimo Bellardinelli, and Mick McMahon. You can find these comics collected as Slain Warriors Dawn on the Rebellion web store or at your preferred bookseller. More than most thrills, Slain is a story with distinctive eras easily identified by the artists. This collection has most of the first era of Slain with work by series creator Angela Kincaid, a- Angie Mills at the time, uh, with McMahon and Bellardinelli. After this, we move to the Time Killers era with Glenn Fabry, David Pugh, and Mark Farmer. And we'll soon be entering a third era with Simon Bisley on the actual live podcast. This era is interesting because of how low to the ground it is. It's got a very Conan feel to it. Just a barbarian and a sidekick wandering the land looking for trouble. And I think it can be interesting to compare this callow youth slain with the more grown up slain that we'll be seeing in the Horn God. If you're reading along, look for amazing art in this collection. I especially love Mick McMahon's work in the Sky Chariot, which is some of my favorite artwork of all time in 2000 AD. But enough of my yapping, let's get to Slain, and if you see any deals on haunted prisons along the way, let me know. Episode 102, Progs 330 to 333. August and September 1983. Thrill one, slain. My favorite thing about this, like, starter image is that it's, like, him facing down a dinosaur, but up on the rock near, like, the moon or sun, maybe, there's just, like, a person getting killed by Drew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you look on the rocks, or you can see, like, a star field underneath the standing stones, because it's, like, oh, an cool. entry to the past, you know? But anyhow, uh, script robot Pat Mills, art robots Angie Kincaid, and Massimo Bellardinelli, letting robot Tom Frame. Time to kill a Timosaurus Rex, bro. That's right. And so it begins. The saga of slain Mac Roth of the Cesare, mercenary, cattle rustler, and battle smiter, who rose to become the legendary king of the tribes of the Earth Goddess. Man, I like how they specifically call out Cattle Rustler when all of the other things that we find out in the course of these four comics I mean, is so still, much cooler than wrestling cattle. Nah, I mean, it's a big thing. Like, I was going to sort of, like, the best slain video game I can think of is King of Dragon Pass, which is this uh, basically, like, Stone Age um, clan simulator, which is an awesome game. Highly recommended. And okay. so much of that is stealing people's cows and stuff. It's a big deal. <laughs> um... <laughs> All right. But before we get started, I should mention two things about Slain, Fox. Uh, mm-hmm. The first thing is, like, you'll notice there's a dealy over the A in Slain. Um, mm-hmm. Technically, the way you pronounce it is, like, Slanya, but um, I'm not going to do that. Uh, go to hell with that. His name's Slain. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, but the big thing, I should say, is that Slain has been in development since about 1981. Um, Holy shit. 
And this first comic that we're covering here is drawn by, is, you know, is written by Pat Mills and it's drawn by his then wife, Angie Mills. And it's oh. basically for the past like two years been bounced back and forth between them and 2000 AD creative just for a whole thing. You can read accounts about this in a, bu- in a, in a bunch of different books from people writing about this era. Uh, Thrill Power Overload, I think is a really good, really good coverage of it as well as uh, the mighty one by Steve McManus and uh, be pure, be vigilant, behave by, by Pat Mills himself. Um, and by back and forth, do you mean the, one of the most epic D&D campaigns ever devised by men? No, actually, I don't. Because the thing is, and, and you get a sense of this especially, I think, from Thrill Power Overload, is that um, this pro- like this process was not a very well-managed process, I guess. Mm. Um, it's sort of a combination of, of Kincaid sort of being professionally like a, a children's book illustrator. So she wasn't quite up to the, um, like the speed, I guess, of a day to day, like 2000 AD artist. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, just cause, you know, whatever, but also, and, and also I, I really get the sense that like, there's speed, but also just kind of a lot of just general hostility, um, just, just about this project in general from 2080 management, especially, or from 2080 editorial, I should say. Um, especially from art director Robin Smith, who even in like, um, who I feel like both McManus and, and Mills in, in, in their memoirs sort of are just kind of trying to be like, all right, like I'm, we're done with this. Like this is in the past. Let's not make a big deal about it. But in like mm. drill power overload, like Smith feels, sounds, seems like kind of a jerk about it. I guess <laughs> about really? things. Um, you know, whether you want to account that for, um, he, Felt like it was plagiarism, or not, not, not plagiarism, I should say, a nepotism, having, um, P- Pat Mills' wife do, like, the first comic, the, the mm. first, the art for this story, or whether it's something more like, um, being sort of, not like the, you know, this thing being sort of a boys' club and not wanting a girl to do, or a woman to do hard stuff. I can Bro. see arguments both ways. Sort of just the way, the way Smith himself tells the story in Thrill Power Overload makes, like, made me feel kind of oogie about it. I guess kind of talks about, <laughs> like, like hearing, like, him, like, having a discussion about deadlines with Pat Mills and hearing, like, Angie crying in the background and stuff. Oh my God. And, 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 and Pat's, and, uh, Mills is very, like, d- diplomatic about this stuff. And he says, like, look, there are conversations, but I don't think anybody cried about it. Like, let's be professional here, you know? So that, yeah, it's just like, it's not a good look. It's, it's a bad look, generally, I'd say. Um, for, for an otherwise what I would call great comic book. Yeah, coming I out really, so far. I really love the art in this story. I, I really like, um, like, uh, Angie Kincaid's work here. And, you know, also in Throw Power Overload, like, uh, Pat Mills talks a lot about wanting to keep creative control for the initial version of Slain, you know? Mm-hmm. He talks about, um, the differences between like when, when dread premiered and how, you know, the first dread was by McMahon instead of by Ascara. And it kind of led to, um, those guys sort of losing some creative control over the character and stuff. He really wanted to hold on to slain. Cause it's some, it's, it's definitely, a, it's uh, like, it's definitely seems like a character that Mills is very protective of and is very, um, wants to stay in control of, which is, I mean, I mean, tellingly, like to this day, every single slain story has been written by Pat Mills, you know, in a, okay. um, as opposed to say Dread or Rogue Trooper, any of these other sort, or, uh, any of these other long running stories, you know? Right, where you get a lot of rotation. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, okay. So anyhow, man, <laughs> that there's a there's a big so there's this big backstory we've seen talk about Slain for like years, like literally, mm. like it's sort of been one of the things in like the thrill forecast or like coming soon to the comic and stuff. So it's great that we've actually gotten to it. Hype is real. It's extremely real. So here we go, man. It's the ancient past, all right? It's like the Stone Age, the Bronze Age, something like that. Um, and somewhere in there is our buddy Slain with his axe Brain Biter. And they're fighting a time monster, which, yeah, as you've said, is a dang T-Rex, buddy. That's a Tamasaurus Rex. That's right. He's doing it to, he's doing this to, as a series of bets to make some money with the help of his buddy Uko the Dwarf. Who has given him a secret weapon, which is a frog to throw the monster at just the right moment. The Man, frog. <laughs> Go ahead. This is so awesome yeah, to the, kill a monster with a frog. And yeah, also, fro- Uko looks a lot like a goblin and less like a dwarf. I, 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 I super agree. He's like, he's a very, dwar- he's a very goblin. He's, he, he's not like a Tolkien dwarf for sure. Mm. He's more, he's a little bit more like a Christmas, like a Christmas elf or something. <laughs> <laughs> but like so, uh, Christmas elf. Yeah. So the frog sticks in the monster's craw and expands and Slane's able to kill it and take its heart. Which, I mean, is the first thing I guess you do. You just rip out the thing's heart and show everybody while they boo at you because, I guess... They thought you would lose, yeah. And because you got to take the heart out because you got to then take it to a nearby tavern to get boiled in a <laughs> stew so you can eat it to get the monster's strength, obviously. I mean... The logical leaps there are something that I would immediately follow were I just a dude who could kill a T-Rex. That's right. Uh, so so Slain is uh, planning to return to his homeland because the old king has died because the harvest was bad. Yeah, got it. Got killed because of it. Um, <laughs> and he's doing so without... And he plans to do so without Uko despite the dwarf's protest. Slain prepares to eat the dinosaur's heart to get its strength when some warriors show up and demand their money back from the T-Rex fight. Slain's Man, response? Yeah. Oh, kiss my axe. Kiss my axe. <laughs> so awesome. And I love the note from uh, from Uko. In Slain's time, gentle reader, the exchange of insults was almost as important as blows. Also, just a quick aside here. If you saw a dude rip out a T-Rex's heart in front of you, and you were like a sword-wielding barbarian type, like, I feel like you'd have second thoughts about, like, trying to kill that guy. Nah, buddy, because, like, he used trickery to win, so obviously he's not that tough. But Mm. that's not actually true, because, you know, obviously Slain could kill a hundred of these guys and not think of too many. He kills a bunch of dudes, (laughs) he's catching spears and throwing them back, he's jumping over dudes' heads, it's pretty cool. Things heat up when the skull swords of the Droons, these warriors that wear hair breath masks and are super evil, come looking for our guys because they killed the time monster. Mm-hmm. And they decide to get out of there. They run through alleys and hide on dung boats, and they head north to the land of the young because nobody lives to an old age because of the fighting. And uh, oh. there we go. This story ends with a map of Slain's world, Fox. And it's oh, basically, so cool. It's cool, yeah, because it's basically, you know, it's a map of sort of the British Isles and northern France, but the sea is way lowered, so the coast extends like 200 miles in every direction almost. Yeah. Like, the English Channel is completely above ground. There's a small inland sea between Ireland and Wales, and that's it. And then, uh, like, Scotland, basically north of, like, Inverness or something, is covered in a sheet of ice. Like, sort of the, nor- that, the, the northern highlands of Scotland is, is covered in ice. It's got its own uh, sort of uh, feel to it. I, I just, it's so neat. 
Yeah, then it's just got a bunch of like of uh, things written on of like you know like the Titans and like different locations and stuff like Lioness and other things like that. It's very cool. Mm. So it's time for the first slain story, man. Bellardinelli takes over here, and as always, he's great with like scenery and monsters and stuff. Maybe not as as great with regular people, but still real good. I always (laughs) like. uh, you know, Bellinelli is always fun. He has a very Conan-y slain. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very Conan story, so it's fine. Um, it's all about uh, the reason Slain got kicked out of his tribe because yeah. of a babe. Yeah, we start with a flashback of Slain has his memories when he was uh, 16, when his old flame, uh, Niav, was the king's chosen bride. Which, hey, if I was a king and I had a chosen bride, uh, bride in my barbarian encampment, I'd definitely put her in a hut surrounded by a wall surrounded by guards. Absolutely, yeah. Her name is uh, N-I-M-H, which is pronounced Niav. I checked it out. Um, I'm trying my best with these Celtic names, everybody. I'm doing my best. <laughs> um, but So Slain managed to sneak in and seduce her, but was soon found out. Slain was arrested, but was able to super strength his way out of enca- out of entanglement, <laughs> lifting the roof pole that he was chained to out, and then escaping, leaving the northern land of Tirnanag and going south where the evil Druns ruled. I believe what you meant to say was he did a strength check, rolled a twenty, added in all of the uh, additional strength values that he needed. And then lifted a pole and smashed it. Oh, yeah, you know, he's got a plus it. five for the roll. You know, I mean, when he's a barbarian, so when he rages, he gets advantage on strength checks and stuff. But I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to do a ton of like D and D references, Fox, just because like. All I'm saying is he did exactly what I would have my barbarian character do, which is take a giant pole and smash the nearest dude in the dick with it. Super fair. It was impressive. Yeah. So, um, but now Slane's 19 and he's ready to head home, but it looks like Uko has spent all their gold buying a prison. <laughs> which, the coolest like investment you could do in a in a world of of this kind it is pretty cool um after a swift beating they arrive at the prison <laughs> and get shown around this beating involves it ends with uko kicking slam the butt which is pretty funny uh, yep and i'm just like what but so people are basically just locked up until they can pay their fines or they get you know, they're held to be get get a, 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 a harsher sentence. There's a mysterious door in the basement guarded by an ogre named Nud who comes with the prison. Um, the so door good. just has a prisoner with a plague in it, man. It's definitely not a crazy monster or anything. Anyhow, uh, good time to run the prison. I'm out! <laughs> <laughs> it's really great. He just like... He's just like, all right, your problem now. Peace. And it's definitely nothing's wrong with this. Absolutely. This... Second prog ends with the glossary of uh, slain terms. And, you know, a lot of these terms will be explained, of course, the comic, but they are sort of teasers for cool stuff. Terms like Karnun, the horned god, wink, fucking wink. Anyhow, um, <laughs> the jailer escapes as the ogre nud serves beer to, to Uko and slain. Slain, so great. yeah, it's pretty cool, man. They're just chilling. Slain goes exploring and finds one of his old war buddies, uh, Bob. Like, I don't know how to pronounce B-O-D-B. Bob, I guess. Bob, Bob, you know, Bob in the, of the, of the Black Axes, who's one of the prisoners. He frees Bob and they, and the two of them reminisce about their times as mercenaries, like the Battle of Dunbark, when they fought naked in war paint and followed this oh, giant God. platform dedicated to the uh earth mother into battle this was the coolest shit not only are they nude 
but I guess we get to see what these like spasms are that he has. Yeah, 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 yeah. We see Slain's secret weapon, his warp spasms. He morphs into this giant chaos monster with a fountain of black liquid coming out of the top of his head and like faces contorting out of his body and stuff. Oh, it's super awesome. That's the coolest shit ever. Absolutely. The crew calls it a night, but in the cell, Bob is visited by someone, and when Slane investigates, he finds a bunch of prisoners, including Bob, with their souls sucked out, dying or dead. And not a good, not a good look. No. If you're looking to keep your soul in your body. (laughs) You want to keep that soul in. Um, they hear noises from the cell in the basement after Bob curses Slane with his dying breath. They go to investigate as Nud goes to axe Slane in the back. Luckily, ogres, man. Yeah, no good. Slane dodges Nud's axe and brains him with a floor tile, which is pretty <laughs> awesome. Just because there's a bunch of like gross, like bugs and shit come up with the floor tile too. Um, it's real good. Yeah, and then he headbutts his way into the locked room where he finds uh, a lady. Not just any lady. Hey, guess what? We got another flashback to go to. Yeah, it's a Blathnade, a uh, a female con artist that Slane and Uko know well. They did a little robbery ring till they got caught, but because they basically stole a truck full of mead and then just had to drink the mead instead of like make money off of it. It was just like pass out on the road and like the right shot of where them, like, they drunk and hung out. Yeah, right where they stole the uh, the cart. So they're like, oh, we're the worst bandits in Tiernanog, man, whatever. It's uh, my favorite scene because the guy comes back and he's pointing and all these guards are behind him and he's just like, they're still here. <laughs> it's good. Um, so after, they, after that failed, she got into a fake marriage scheme. But when she got hit on the head by a roof stone escaping from her 15th husband, she was arrested and put in Slane's prison. Uh, well, hey, man, we're going to let you out. There's yeah, no way good. we're staying in here. Nah. Slane takes a minute to finish off Nud, and then Blathnade reveals herself. She's actually a crazy snake woman pretending to be Blathnade. Oh, my God. She sucked the whatever out of her. Some crap. Yeah. There's a reason this warp snake eats warp. But, what you know, she escaped from the netherworld to here. Now she's going to suck the souls out of everybody in the prison. And she's going to move into Slane's body because his warp presence, his warp, his warp spasm abilities will help sustain this demon. And she's like, dude, this is dope. You're exactly uh, what I need. Exactly. The snake st- uh, coils around Slane and threatens him with its huge teeth. Next time on Hell's Edge. And that's Slane, man. Man, Slane's cool as fuck nice yeah i'm super stoked about <laughs> slain um you know you can tell that they sort of know they've got a hit on their hand because we're seeing some of the stuff that they had um with like when they started rogue trooper mm. or um or ace trucking where they kind of have like a map and they have like some list of terms and stuff of just like we're, we're rolling out this character is gonna be a big part of your life for the next uh, foreseeable future um <laughs> Like as it is with Slane, I think he's. I think Slane's basically going to become the third, um, the third point that's always in 2000 AD, along with Dread and Rogue Trooper, for at least the next like 200 or so progs. I'd say. Oh man, that's great because um, I really like this and I want to know more. Yeah, I'm stoked to finally get to this character. Uh, I always say Slane is one of the Mount Rushmore 2000 AD characters. It's like Dread, Johnny Alpha, Rogue Trooper, and Slane are sort of the four like tent poles of 2000 ad you know 
And who's oh. the alien general that ended up cutting his face in later? I guess it's Nikolai Dante or maybe Sinister Dexter, actually. Um, but <laughs> or maybe That's a throwback. One, one of those is the alien. One of those is the mutant general. The other one is uh, Jimmy Carter. But um, <laughs> oh, don't great. forget that. But um, but like you know, if you look like on um, like the 2000 AD, like a like the Thrillcast, the official podcast, right? Like their mm. image is Dread, Johnny Alpha, and Slane. You know, it's this, um, he's like the big, like main 2080 guy that we haven't gotten yet. And it's awesome that he's finally arrived. I just like the marriage of both, uh, sci-fi or I guess all three sci-fi prehistory and like, uh, kind of magic, kind of barbarian. Uh, like they say, uh, like, you know, sci-fi. this is a straight up sword and sorcery tale. You know, it's yeah. like, it's just straight up, like, it's not like literally Conan, but it's very Conan-esque of like a loincloth clad dude, like getting involved in wizard shit, you know? Like, we'll see more <laughs> of this as it goes. Um, Lo- I, I just want that as a quote, loincloth clad dude getting involved with wizard shit. I feel like that's the actual sub subtitle of most Conan things. <laughs> um, but I will say one thing I really like about the opening of, of uh, Slain, they talk about the, uh, like, you know, mercenary cattle rustler and battle smiter. That's very similar to sort of the opening of the, fir- of the first Conan story that sort of talks about, like, you know, a man of uh, enormous humors and enormous angst who would uh, trod, trod the world beneath his sandals and stuff. Um, it's very cool. Jesus. My favorite part about the start of Slain is when they jump into the poop boats. I've got to get in those dung boats, buddy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so we're going to see more by Belladronelli and then Mick McMahon as well. Very excited for the start of Slain. Episode 104, Progs 334 to 337, September and October 1983. Through one slain. Gonna be honest, their depiction of hell looks pretty dope. Mm, Hey, don't steal my line. Uh, (laughs) Script script robot Pat Mills, art robot Massimo Melodinelli and and, and Mick McMahon, letting robot Tom Frame. I'm just yeah. saying there's a dude holding a sword in the back and a dragon and a dog gnawing on a dude's head. And totally. Like, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So there's a snake demon. So the snake demon locked in the basement of the prison that Slain has recently purchased <laughs> is tormenting. <laughs> That's just what it is. Uh, he's tormenting. The, 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 the demon is tormenting him with visions of hell with one L as it coils around him. Luckily. Oko is able to snap a manacle around the monster's neck, and Slane is able to then destroy it with his axe. I, like strangle it for a second. It turns back into like his his old yeah, fling, and it or just whatever. Drives an axe through. I mean, face. you know, he knows that that's just a a guise that it's putting forward to avoid getting killed. You know, you got to kill these demons, man. I'm just saying, low intelligence has its place in the mm-hmm. barbarian world. Yeah. The demon is slain, and not a moment too soon, as an angry mob of villagers are coming to take him out. <laughs> the boys head south as Slain reminisces. It's almost uh, Sawin or uh, uh, Samhain or whatever Halloween. Mm-hmm. It's Sawin and into the Sourlands. Yeah, he's remembering a few years ago when he fought his first battle um, with the Red Branch during Samhain, uh, you know, and the Red Branch is the great warriors of his tribe. They wore these, they rode these cool chariots and wore cool armor, and they stole heck of cattle and stuff from nearby tribes. 
but also took heads and tongues because yeah. it's totally important post uh, murder feast to like show yeah. that shit off. Yeah, you got to show off your trophies and stuff in the round hall of the Red Branch. Everybody bragged and compared the number of tongues and brain balls that they claimed. One guy, uh, Gubbin Mac Tag, shows up and claims the hero's portion of the pig they're roasting, but Slain Which... isn't impressed. <laughs> yeah, he's like, man, this guy's full of full of bullshit <laughs> yeah he proves that the tongues that Gavin claimed were cow tongues and the heads scavenged from corpses get super shunned they fight and slain stabs him proving his worth and st- and you know slain super stoked to get back home but oko's nervous because when is the holiday of the dead yeah and i mean slain's also kind of like he, he's been talking about just getting rid of Unko, and Unko's not into <laughs> no. He wants dwarf. to stick around, yeah. So it's a meal ticket, man. Yeah. Next up, Mick McMahon takes over the art as we sort of get on the verge of a new storyline. I really love Mick McMahon's art style for Slain here. Um, it's oh, like man, strong great. Yeah, it's like inks with like lines scratched into it, I believe, or it's just got mm. a very like um like it's it's both dark but it has a ton of like just lines to like to like creating texture and stuff it's a very it's got a lot of texture to it that's really amazing yeah um Slain and Oko make their way through the Sourland, where the half dead wait and like people walk around on stilts and stuff making their living which is pretty cool yeah man it's it got reminds- a very um fury road feel to it i super i was about to say that actually i, I super Whoa. agree with that um, yeah, I got the, the, just those stilts guys that no one really talks to in, in that movie. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. They stop at this fort thing where a guy insults Slain by offering to sell him a saddle because it's the height of effeminacy <laughs> in the Cesare to, a, to, to ride using a saddle. So he must have a bum of concrete, basically. Oh, um, God. Balls of steel, really. Yeah. Uko talks up Slain's legend as we again flash back to young Slain as he learns the way of the warrior. Oh, all like, the things he learns are awesome. Yeah, throwing concrete balls, jumping over shields, throwing spears with his feet, and using the many-toothed spear, the gay oh. bolga. Yeah, you gotta you gotta surgery it out of your body. You can't just yeah. pull it. But Slain learns about that one the hard way when one of his rivals tries to kill him with one. And he just yanks that shit right out. He's like, yanks nah, it man. out. Yeah, he uses one of his t- one of his arm torques as a tourniquet, um, and then kills this dude. Yeah, with um, kills. Yeah, kills his would be killer by going but, into his first warp spasm, which was awesome. His eyes just shoot out of his head, and I guess he just yeah. shoots black liquid out. Black of his liquid. Brain? Yeah, go- goes out of the top of his head like a geyser. It's awesome. It gets real big and ill proportioned and stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, he kills that guy, and that caused a blood debt requiring Slain to kill that guy's dad and then seven other of his kin. He didn't think it too many, though, Fox. Uh, <laughs> you never do, I guess. Mm-mm. Finally, Slain was taught the secrets of the Red Branch and taken to the Great Cairn Burial Mound for his final initiation, where, like, they uh, tie you to a wall and the sun <laughs> rises on you, like, the sun rays form a red branch and you get all warped and super powerful or you die. Um, seems legit seems pretty good he gets a prophecy written about or or told to him that seems to include an annoying dwarf which is pretty funny but now he's just a vagabond warrior so whatever yeah man he's gotta seek his honor 
Yeah. Meanwhile, a man on a woolly mammoth is looking for Slain, which is awesome. Is great. And meanwhile, Slain is like lamenting his lot in life. This time, we flash back to a point where Uko and Slain use Slain's warp powers to get money to fill their bellies. We're basically like, God, uh, that's right. They took a bet that Slain could lift a horse using just his leg muscles. And basically has Uko, like, insult him until he has a warp spasm and is able to do so. <laughs> it seems, like, to work pretty well, uh, given, like, you know, oh, yeah. the fact that it's the chidings of a dwarf. Yeah, it's not that it didn't work, it's that he's, like, ashamed to have used his goddess-given warp powers just to earn money, you know? Mm. So, uh, at this point, the mammoth guy and his goons... Burst in looking for Slain. It's a pretty awesome, is, pretty awesome is, fight here. It's an <laughs> awesome fight, but like, given how this resolves, which is, oh no, man, I'm just here to hire you. Why would you bust in with goons? It's never true. bust in with goons. He didn't when you're put like his best foot forward, to yeah, to not get his goons killed before recruiting Slain. <laughs> I mean, those goons cost you money. I mean, maybe that was his yeah. plan. Is like it was a half now, half later situation. And now he oh, keeps half. Yeah, he's trying to. Trying to loosen his paid his payrolls of goons, but yeah. So wow, this guy, great. this guy shows up and he wants Slain to kidnap his daughter. He can pay handsomely, but she's being held in Drew in in Drew Nemeton, which <laughs> is the most feared of sacred groves, and she's going to be sacrificed by the Druids at Sawin. Oh man, it's not good because those those skull swords are all about the place. That's right, yeah, but this is a chance for Slain to restore his honor. So we ride to Drudmaton! And he's not going to do it for dollar money, I guess. Nah, I mean, that's what honor. it kind of seems like. Yeah, nah, yeah, it's not it's not super clear. But now we shift back to Bellardinelli as we uh, as beautiful. he draws the amazing land and terrifying landscape of Drudmaton. It's all like skulls and like not so much trees as like giant roots of trees yeah. and like standing stones and stuff. And becomes this it's just this huge, terrifying like boggy forest that's really amazing. Feels like flesh and nature made, yeah, real whatever. Yeah, like like made like manifest or something. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, slain. Yeah, do my best. Slain ties up his horse, and Oko begs him to turn back, but no dice. If he's going to return to his tribe as a great warrior, he's got to do something really daring. And so once again, we flash back to Droon soldiers. <laughs> in this case, uh, kidnapping a bunch of kids, including young uh, Mave. Which is a M-E-D-B, but I believe it's Maeve. Um, and she's a total barbabe. Oh, yeah. Barbabian? She's what? Barbabian? <laughs> yeah, Barbabian. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> Red Sonia-esque? No, no, actually not. Like Both of those are barbari- bar- Barbabians, but it's different. Uh, she's yeah. rode into a pit to the evil wizard Slaufeg. Oh, man, um, they have to crawl through because he just yeah. keeps getting tighter. And Climb these dudes are, like, holding torches as they're crawling through the group. Yeah, they, they, they go through endless tunnels, including up to crawling through them until finally coming to a huge cave full of, like, stalactites and stalagmites, animal drawings, and creepy giant animal skeletons. Um, yeah. There's a cool part where, like, Maeve keeps her cool and identifies, like, the one painting that hides the Lord Weird Slough Fag inside. 
She's and dude. He's super weird and slouchfagish. Oh yeah, his face is real. Like you got to get that face looked at, buddy. Um, Goopy. <laughs> yeah, she's not afraid, and that impresses him enough to offer her to become one of her uh, one of his Drewnesses. Uh, the others are not so lucky and are just sort of taken away in who knows what. Um, <laughs> I I like how they just immediately say, I'd like to be in Drewness. Yeah, me too. And he's like, yeah, we can't all just. Yeah, I'm sure you would. That. And yet you're about to be sacrificed in my, I don't know, gross sex dungeon or something like that. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, because if they were just going to eat them or something, they could cook them above ground. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, That's true. It's got to be. It's got to be a gross, sloppy sex. sex something. Dungeon. He's a goopy man. Yeah. Uh, so Slane and Oko arrive at the at the at the forest fortress of the Drunes. Slane snags a giant dead tree to allow them to enter unseen, like a big ladder. He uh, <laughs> he he Middle Earth Shadow of Wars his way through the fort, which is wow. diehard in like a uh, in an evil fantasy fortress. Wow, <laughs> I love that game. And he he makes his way to this house thing where Maeve is getting ready for Sawin celebration. It's full of smoking awesome. hot pagan chicks, including Maeve herself, who's covered in like tattoos or body paint or something, and like this cool spiky hair and stuff. And immediately, Slane is like, damn, these these girls are gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, it's good times. And that's where we finished Slane this week, man. Oh, geez. Next time, we're going to continue on with this storyline. This storyline's called, actually, the, uh, the Bride of Krom. And it's one of these funny things where I, I feel like both Mills and um, Robert E. Howard are sort of drawing from similar myths and stuff to create their storylines. So there are some crossovers in terms of names, like the pagan, like this Drune god being named Krom, or like Slaufeg shows up in a lot of other like sort of pagany things and stuff like that. I would have called it barbarian hijinks, personally. Mm, that's super fair. But yeah, <laughs> like um, this was so awesome. I specifically feats of strength. Picking up a horse with your thighs is a pretty, pretty dope, sweet move to earn Pick money. Up that whole and then, big tree. That whole big tree. That was pretty yeah. awesome. That was great. I just like everything he does is so fucking over the top. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no half measures for Slane. That's super, super true. Episode 105. Progs 338 to 341. October and November 1983. Thrill to Slane. Conrad, you're on a roll. I mean, I don't know if it super counts if, like, I set myself up for them, but it's still, I'm still having a good time. Oh. It's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> Script robot for Slain is Pat Mills, art robot, Massimo Bellardinelli, letting robot, Tom Frame. So, oh, man. I love Slain. It's real good, man. Yeah, so we, so we start with us, Slain and Oko peeping in on the lady cultists of the Droons, uh, identifying Maeve, um... From her black cloak and awesome hairstyle, it's time. But uh, great tats, dude. Yeah, and they're taking her to go. Actually, it's a body paint. I should mention. Um, no, but it's time for her to go to the Wicker Man, and she'll be safe from the flames by taking a prick of sleeping potion. She won't even feel him. But then, hey, Oko no falls through the ceiling. Two arms, Man, dumb dwarf. I'm gonna punch your face. That's right. The ladies all pull their spears as guards show up to fight Slain. And oh man, things get awesome. <laughs> um, he's killing dudes like crazy. He ties a rope to the end of his axe Dude, and spins no. around. What he does is the staple 
of all barbarian characters, which is the signature whirlwind. Yeah, we're, yeah, whirlwind axe with the uh, with the rope attached to the axe, man. It's great. That's what I'm talking about. That way, you've got reach. Mm-hmm. Got their reach. Got that area effect attack. Um, oh, dude! God damn it! Yeah, the only thing that gets him stopped, um, the only thing that stops him, is getting stabbed in the back by the sleeping potion. Like that's it. Otherwise, we would have taken everybody down by hand. He awakened. Poison is a witch's trick. That's right. And he awakens to find one of these pagan chicks, the one with the big facial scar, uh, cutting a blood eagle into his back. But before she can... Conrad, what's a blood eagle? Um, man, I forget exactly, but I believe what it is is they uh, separate your ribs from your spine and then sort of pop your back open. That's my that understanding of it. That horrible. Oh, it's real bad. That's why Oko's going crazy, even though she hasn't even cut, even started cutting him yet. Um, that sounds really horrible. Yeah. So, but before she can get too far, one of the skull swords requests Slain and Uko be put in the Wicker Man for a big sacrifice. Slain is stuck in the Wicker Man, and listen, killing him isn't going to bring back your damn honey, and otherwise I feel like we don't need to make too many Nicolas Cage references. That would, that's <laughs> so great. I Wiley, love what you just did. Yeah, let's not get too far into it. While he's in the Wicker Man, he gets to know the other dudes in there. He actually knows a ton of them. There's the beggar. It's, bo- it's weird how many people he really knows. I guess there's only so many, like, sort of uh, thieves and murderers in the Land of the Young or something. But yeah, yeah. Um, there's Blind Bran, a beggar. There's Tauman the Stump, who's this, uh, like, like uh, ambusher guy. He's got awesome- Morning Star with an arm. <laughs> Morning that's, star, that's morning arm. star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a morning old, star. There, whoa, morning storm. <laughs> There's that's Senol. my next weapon in a D and D campaign. Totally, yeah. Listen, I just got one arm. I, I, I got an arm stump, and I just put weapons in there, like a uh, Ash and Evil Dead. So we got Senol, the scavenger, who's a peddler and stuff, uh, steals stuff from dead people and sells it, and then. There's Roth, Belly Shaker, an Ale Swiller, and Slane's dad! Oh my god, it's your father, bro. He's got a pretty cool stash. Ah, sweet stash. Slane goes to attack Roth, and we go to a flashback about how Roth killed Slane's mother, Macha. Basically, this is kind of a fucked story. Totally. We get something that we'll see a lot more of as time goes by, which is sort of the, the great wars between the Cesare and the Formian Sea Devils, which involves a gigantic full-page battle picture by Bella Ardinelli that's, ooh, so awesome. Um, oh, I'm excited because yeah. the, the one-page battle picture was pretty great. Yeah, no, it's good. And so, but, so as the years went by from this, Roth lived on his old glories and got fat, but boastful. And so when he says that Macha could outrace the king's chariot, the king takes him up on it. Oh, God. It's really not a good idea. Uh, yeah. Forced to run on foot against horses, Macha tries to survive, but in the end is run down and killed right in front of Slain. Boo this man, Roth! <laughs> Yeah, in other words, I'm not really a keen fan of my dad. Yeah, Roth isn't a good guy. Uh, and Slain refuses to die in this place, so he has Uko pick the locks of his chains, and now it's time for this wicker man full of criminals to take out these droons. See, it's pretty useful having a dwarf around that can use his finger to pick a lock. That's why you gotta bring a rogue, man. Everybody, like, dispatch, you know, come on. You gotta have those those skills. You, you of all people with your constant D&D references should mention, should know I'm, this. I'm just saying, 
that if slain is anything, it's, uh, you know, spread your skills around. Don't yeah. just do a poor barbarian party. No, no, no. So uh, the Bride of Krom continues as Slowfag arrives and leads the Druenesses to the Wicker Man. The criminals begin their plan as Slowfag monologues about just sort of, you know, some evil Krom Crunch uh, religious stuff. But eventually, and like the criminals, like they, they're like planning, but they really don't want to fight. Everybody's too scared until the harsh words of Blind Bran inspire the dudes and they break free from the Wicker Man. It's fight time! It's pretty great that the blind dude is just like, you guys are wusses, let's get out of here and fight. It's the uh, it's the first of two times that people are inspired into fighting by being called a wuss by somebody this, this uh, episode. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, Slane uses his chains and burning pieces of the Wicker Man as the other guys get into fighting as well, grabbing swords and killing drones. The smoke is too thick for arrows as the Bab fight with their bloody nails as well as swords. Or the Bab or the uh, are the Druenesses, the lady, um, sorceress ladies. Well, it's awesome um, because the the leader is just like shoot them, and they're like, it's not so easy. Can't see where we're going, man. We got these hair face masks. It's tough. That's <laughs> what happens when you're when you're a weird scum dude, and you make everybody wear your gross ass masks. That's right. Or you're just all so smelly that everybody's got to take steps. Um, Slain oh, wow. crimes the Wicker Man to free Maeve, but the other guys in the Wicker Man grab the pole he's using as a ladder, and it goes over, trapping Slain atop the burning Wicker Man. Soft, bro. Serious soft. Yeah. Stuck on top of the Wicker Man, Slain has no choice. He embraces his anger and the power of Danu, the Earth Goddess, and warps out! Oh man, um, time for me to shoot weird black goo out of my the top of my head while my always. eyes get huge, my mouth gets massive. Yeah, real big mouth. That's what I love about I love Warp Slain, man. Giant Warped Slain snarls and fights against the Droons as be- as the Bav and Slaufeg look on. Roth goes to attack Slaufeg, but the evil wizard forces Slain's father to stab himself in the gut. And he oh, dies. Oh man. That's real bad, but I guess also that doesn't really stop Slain. Oh, my dad, I'm not super interested. Uh, Slain and company try to escape through the swamp, but Slaufeg summons the half-dead and army of terrifying swamp zombies. Again, second-time zombies are going to be fought in this issue, in this episode Dude, as well. Dude, and, and then in true uh, prog nature, everyone that we've just been introduced to gets murdered. <laughs> That's right. Luckily, Slain, warped and crazy, arrives eventually. They say his time is is short, but it's just more swill for the truth. Next time, Slain the Victor. <laughs> it's just him opening up his massive maw and mm-hmm. screaming. Yeah. It's so, every time he's warped, it's like kind of the best. It's real imagery. good. Yeah. It's a body man it's a totally real fucking body it just gets real big and twisted and like asymmetrical and gross and got like, yeah like a big uh oil gusher coming out of the top of his head and big teeth and faces everywhere and stuff he looks real good oh slain's real fun slain is really ridiculously fun it's just kind of awesome watching the carnage and the mayhem and uh, mm-hmm. the darkness i it's just it's completely impure, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. And speaking of uh, being pure, Fox. <laughs> and being vigilant and behaving. Episode 106. 
Progs 342-345, November and December 1983. Thrill 2, Slain. Oh man, let's just open to a really just grotesque body horror scenario. <laughs> Always. Yes, yeah, so a script robot Pat Mills, art robots Massimo Bellardinelli and Mick McMahon, letting robot Tom Frame. So man, yeah, Slane's super warped. Killing these half-dead zombies. The Slay Stack grows. This is pretty good. <laughs> the half-dead fall back as Maeve yells at Slane for rescuing her because she wanted to die in the Burning Man and didn't get an and uh, oh sorry. She wanted to die in the Burning Man and she won't get enough until her legs are broken. And that is yes, a third eye blind. Being B-side, don't don't at me. Um <laughs> <laughs> Slane is wow. non-stoked, but Oko is quick to lead him into a waterfall to cool off and de-warp. It's basically the equivalent of like uh, what Scarlett Johansson did to the Hulk in uh, like Age of Ultron. <laughs> That's pretty great. I I love how when he comes out the gate like this, the you know Oko's just like ah oh, man, she's real weird, and he's like yeah, but she hasn't seen me as like a totally buff, yeah, handsome she hasn't seen me when I'm hot, so let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. So great. Slane learns his father's fate as most of the rest of these of the survivors disappear, except for br- for blind Bran, who would appreciate a ride back to his hovel. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm blind. Yeah. Maeve is also cleaned off, like, all, like, the paint and hair stuff she had for the sacrifice, and they go to meet her father. She's still pretty pissed about the oh, whole sacrifice. Oh, super pissed, thing. yeah. Her, she and her dad fight on the back of, of his mammoth, and Maeve explains once again that she wants to die in the Burning Man, and he's like, but you sent, you sent me word that you were gonna die, and she was like, yeah, so you'd be proud of me? Jeez. She's, she's like, bro, I was gonna be married to a worm god and be a goddess, and you totally flubbed that for me. Yeah, yeah, you totally, uh, you totally C-blocked my godhood. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> don't ever see block someone's godhood. No, man, come on, be there's be anything cool. That I, there's be cool about fire safety. Be, if cool, about, anything... be cool about goddess safety. Be, be cool. cool. <laughs> You're so great. So she then uh, poisons her dad. Man, he dies. <laughs> she tr- then tries to threaten Slain with poisoning, but uh, you know, Slain just kind of kicks her off the side of the elephant and spurs it. And they're off. You know, and you don't got to deal like, with this. This stuff. I'm not yet. The perfect, I, I love this. This is the perfect way to deal with a crazy person situation that, like, is a witch slash sorcerer and, yeah. and is really pissed that they didn't get sacrificed. Like, I don't want to be a part of this storyline. Get out of here. Yeah. I'm out of here. You kick him off the side. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs> They're enjoying the riches and drinking the wine aboard the mammoth when suddenly Slane stammers, his wounds are festering, and his body's growing crazy scales. And this is what happens when dead people bite you, even if you are warped as hell. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're still there, and you still got dead dude bites on you. Uh, so Slane's getting sick as the guards, as Maeve's guards gain on them. They So uh, Uko and Bran tossed all the riches of the mammoth down to slow down the warriors, because they're like, ooh, I'll take some Bye. gold. By the way, like, did you see the opening for this? They're like trudging along on the on the mammoth mammoth elephant, and there's just like a bunch of minks running around, like eating rabbits. Yeah, like, there's a just front line shot. 
Yeah, I would call it like a Mark Trail-esque like nature scene where they're just sort of like, yeah. listen, like we're doing this action, but let's have something to, let's just have like some crazy like n- nature, like all against all um, Hobbesian hellscape stuff in the front, you it's, know? It's real weird. I think it's fun just setting the scene of like, you know, so many of these slain ones open with these big splash pages. So I think it's fun when they try to have extra stuff going on in them, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um. So yeah, May was enraged that the warriors aren't chasing Slain anymore, and when the guards start to get salty at her, she curses one of them to imagine he's being eaten alive by spiders! Dude, a spider crawls into his mouth, and, and then, like, like, the other ones are fucking with his eyes. Yeah, spins a web out of his, out of his eye sockets. He sang a song <laughs> of spiders, and it made him go insane. Yeah, four and twenty spiders baked into a pie. <laughs> oh my god Maeve te- a man shaped pie that's right Maeve tells the uh, the warriors to follow the mammoth and takes all the gold and stuff back to Drunmatan and at this point they're like yeah okay no problem I mean I see I would just like peace out I'd be like I'm good on chasing him just as long man, as I don't want to they're trying yeah maybe I don't want like some I don't want to shirk my duty and have like some witch chased me around with the, with the uh, ancient equivalent of like a visa chargeback or something, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> back then, they don't just give you like a one star review on like the henchman app. They like kill you, you know? You got to be careful. I'm just saying, like, you go back to Henchman HQ. There's a lot of henchmen there, right? May- like, they can't yeah, hit you all. Maybe. I think they can. Just don't say anything about it. <laughs> Anyhow, they're, they're, they're following the mammoth. Um, to cover their trail, Uka's got to gather all the mammoth poop to cover their trail, which is pretty <laughs> I was, awesome. I was going to ask you, what the fuck is all the spore stuff about? But I guess how yeah, that's... Spore just- means poop, buddy. <laughs> When they say, follow the mammoth spore to follow it, they're saying, follow that mammoth's poop, because it's a giant mammoth and it shits all the time. Fair. I mean, that's just a fact, you know? It is Um, a very large mammoth. Yeah. So they make it all the way back to Blind Brand's hovel, where they put Slain into a healing pit, but he's in a bad way, especially as the guards approach. The only way to hide is to pull, use the old plague trick. As Uko gathers all the nasty stuff lying around Brand's hovel and uses it to pretend to be dying of a terrible plague, which causes the guards to run. In the comical fashion of they're all trying to leave the same door at the same time and they're mm-hmm. all stuck. It's great. Yeah. As they go, Slain wakes up and he's feeling better apparently, but is not stoked about Uko being all gross and sitting on top of him. <laughs> Especially when he's like, yeah, brain always beats Bran. It's like, I'll, I will destroy you. I'll brain you. Uh, so Maeve's back at Drunmatan and she's super pissed to magically see that Slain is still alive. Uh, Slaufeg, though, is less stressed. Yeah. He he'll, seems like, he's like, yeah, I'm not so worried about this situation. Look, I got, I got these henchmen, man. I'll send these, I'll send my sword skull drunes to handle it, man. It's no big deal. What is a big deal is that, is to figure out what's to be done with Maeve now that she's still alive and not sacrificed to Krum Krumsh. Um. <laughs> We look at some young priestesses doing some bow leaping, which I think canonically is way more like ancient Greek, Greek, or even like ancient, like from ancient Crete specifically, instead yeah. of Celtic stuff. But it's fine. Um, I mean, it's cool looking. Yeah, the you know, girl gets trampled. Well, you know, you win some, you lose some. But yeah, theoretically, <laughs> you use the bull's horns to jump over it, and it's like a metaphor for diplomacy and judo and stuff. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, you're using your opponent's weight against them. Feels judo to me. A metaphor. Oh yeah, true. It's more like a demonstration, I suppose. But whatever. <laughs> it's, it's more of like that's so awesome. How did you just do that? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's more, it's ironic in that Alanis Morissette way. I think we can go with that one. That's um, so perfect. <laughs> yeah. So Maeve's new mission is to marry the king of one of the northern tribes and take them down from the inside. She get is a, first reverse stoked about this. Yeah, she's not stoked. Non, non-rockin', totally rough. We get a list of the cool Celtic tribes, though. There's dudes who, like, yell into their shields to sound super loud. Pretty cool. Guys that specialize in fighting at night, so they're all, like, painted black and stuff. Pretty cool. And then there's Slain's tribe, who have a, has a bunch of stuff. Like, they like being wounded and, like cut their wounds bigger to be cool dudes or like how crazy yeah they only they can only cut their hair when they loot when they when they when they kill someone in battle so if you're hairy the hairiest guys are on the forefront which seems i don't know ready to kill (laughs) yeah and they get you know and their elite troops the guys in the red branch are deadly warped dudes and we see a couple cool examples of different kind of warping guys including one guy that looks like he's like getting ripped in half from the inside and is super awesome (laughs) i like the guy who's just like he's like a spider almost yeah yeah that guy's cool too um yeah but anyhow all these guys worship danu instead of a crown crown and for that they must pay Seems obvious. Maeve jumps a bull and swears to do it. Meanwhile, Slain is on the mend as Uko continues to bleed him. They need to make some money. There's no work. And even like the nearby Flint mine has closed down because some guy named Domino is making iron weapons and possibly making them with dark powers. And I guess like stone weapons. That's why they were doing the whole stone thing. I mean, also yeah. Slain really likes rat liver soup. So there you go. Slane enjoys rat liver soup and axes made of stone. I feel like because like you know this is basically a Stone Age story. Like it takes place yes. like before the floods. It's pre Bronze Age. It's pre everything. You know. So this guy's got some pretty advanced technology to be doing iron, or it's not actually very good iron. You know, depending on on what's going on here. Um, mm-hmm. Although, in fact, it's just magic iron, so it's like, whatever. Um, finally, for Slain, Mick McMahon takes over on art as Uko has been hanging out with this Domino guy who, in fact, is another dwarf who used to work for the Titans, a brutal race of giant warriors that once ruled Albion, but eventually fell into decadence and decay and are now a vanishing race. And, like... Ukos, and like in the narration, Ukos says that they're gross and ugly, and Tharg has to apologize for Ukos' uh, anti-Titan uh, rhetoric, which is kind he's of a, funny. He's a pretty racist dude when it comes to these giant, yeah. stupid giants. Yeah, anti-Titan racist. Um, <laughs> before they died, though, they learned the secret of making iron weapons, and Domino learned this. Meanwhile, Oko is back to bleed a slain again, and slain is not stoked about it. With the blood in like a bucket, Uko goes back to the village and Slain suspiciously follows him. He goes to this stone-walled house where it seems that Uko is selling his blood to Domino to make a mighty weapon, but now Domino isn't paying up. Oh, hell no. Slain barges in to yell at Uko and Domino offers him a weapon or some other item from his shop. Slain once again talks about how various things make someone effeminate. In this case, helmets <laughs> make you effeminate and make your hair fall out. Um, That's great. But um, anyhow, Slane's mostly interested in answered about this whole blood thing. He throws a giant brick at Ucko, and under it, it's revealed that there's a whole bunch of skeletons. 
Not and great. Domino knocks Slane out by just hitting him into the side of that rock. And both of our guys wake up to find themselves tied upside down with Domino preparing to quench a mighty blade in Slane's chest. The Sword of Titans! Oh, there we go. I guess next, yeah. bleeding time again. <laughs> Always the right time to bleed. Uh, next time, the writing on the wall! Pretty great. I love Slane, and it's only getting better. Uh, they were using blood to make uh, special magic weapons in this yeah, one. He, that's that's fucking cool. I'm it into is pretty that. cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I know. Real fun Slane stuff this week for sure. Um, just some, yeah, just some adventuring, some uh, some sneakiness, some more development with what the drones are up to. Having a real good time here. My my favorite part is just kicking a witch off of a massive elephant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark style. Just like, ah, oh, I'm not dealing with this <laughs> kind Sorry. of things. Episode 107. Progs 346 to 349. December 1983. Thrill to slain. Beautiful. Do my best. Uh, yeah, so script robot Pat Mills, art robot Mick McMahon, letting robot Tom Frame. Oh man, we're upside down. This guy's gonna steal our blood. Gonna quench our yeah. T- the Titan Dwarf Domino is gonna f- f- quench the blade of his hero sword in the bl- in the uh, body of Slain. Which I guess is like a totally good idea. I mean, I guess. you're supposed to like use different liquids to like you know. From what I've seen, watching show uh, the fo- show forged in fire. Uh, Whatever. When you're done with, uh, when you're finished forging a sword, you gotta put it in, uh, you gotta dip it in something just to, you know, finish it up, basically. And so it can be water or oil or like salt water. Different liquids have different, um, like properties when you, when when you quench a blade in them. And so I don't know, I don't think human blood's the best one, but it is the most metal one. And that's what's important. (laughs) Fair. Like, you know. I mean, that's what I, that's, that is what I'd like to see out of my Barbarian comic. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's trying to be cool, so let's do it. <laughs> the let's, bo- let's stab a guy. <laughs> yeah, come on, stab a guy. Um, so the yeah. boys are suspended over a big pit of skeletons, and they notice some <laughs> writing on the wall in the Aghum alphabet, which is a fantasy alphabet where everything is still nicely spelled in English, just with a different alphabet, which I appreciate. <laughs> um, it's real good. Gomnol and, or Domnal and his goons are doing some foraging as Uko translates the messages. And they're, they're all just kind of random graffiti stuff. Like, you know, oh, I don't want to die here. That guy rides a horse. Oh. oh, God. When suddenly from the floor comes Blind Bran, who is, you know, he's a miner, so he can sort of dig that stuff. He's dug his way in. I love... That he erupts from the floor like a mole man. 100% Bugs Bunny entrance. Uh, yep. <laughs> he frees Slain and Ucko, and the barbarian starts fighting his way out. He's, like, grabbing weapons off Domino's walls and taking people out with, like, shield tosses and head Dude, butts, yeah. and butts and stuff. It's awesome. The classic shield frisbee to your face. Oh, yeah. There's a point where I had trouble figuring out exactly what happened, I guess. But, mm-hmm. um... Slain takes out one guy and gets knocked over, and Domino advances on him. Time to quench the sword of the Titans! But, as he goes, as he advances on him, Slain wakes up, grabs a gay bolga with his feet, and toe throws it at Domino's chest, and then yeah, quenches, man. yeah. 
And then he quenches Domino's blade in a chest of some other goon. <laughs> Super great. Yeah, I would not the... have my brain ball. <laughs> brain balls. It's, top five ball. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one of the top balls on the <laughs> body. Yeah. <laughs> Slane decides to ditch the sword, whatever. He likes his stone axe brain biter. He does oh, take yeah. the gay bolga, though, so whatever. Hey, man. It's a useful thing to throw with your feet. Yeah, and then he gives Br- Blind Bran all of Domino's gold and stuff as Slane and Oko climb back aboard their stolen mammoth and head Uko back to Slane's tribe. Oko is not pleased about the gold exchange. That's right. Yeah, he's like, I earned that gold by just bleeding you and you weren't noticing it. It's mine. It's great. <laughs> um... Not so they head out of their mammoth. Not far behind them is a war band of drones on the march, and ahead of them they meet a slaver worried about this thing called the Shoggy Beast, a hairy be- fiend that's eating people all over the area. Not great. Yeah, both the uh slave uh slaver or Dolph the of the Big Grip and Slain agree that it's because of those drones. And then we get a cool section of um, how the druids use these massive carved stones at this place called Karnak to mm. power their evil magics, just in like these, you know, crazy ley line based action, I'd so say. So awesome. And allows them to like control weather and gravity, but it also causes time warps. And sometimes <laughs> people get caught in those time warps and become crazy beasts. Other times it just sort of pops out a T-Rex like we saw in the first issue of Slain. Hey, why not? Anyhow, you know, just be aware there's a shaggy beast about. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, Eyes looming in the bushes of a whatever. Yeah, just in the bushes as Slane and Oko make camp for the night. So, (laughs) it looks like uh, Ordolf and and his slaves have been attacked by the shaggy beast. Slane hears it and comes running. And the beast's a big boar man. It's cool. Werebore. Yeah. Slane attacks it, but his axe gets blocked. So he's got to, like, smack it in the face with a tree branch and then wrestle its tusks. So great. It's like it's, holding on to his pig nose and it's real, like, just yeah. trying to break his neck, basically. Yeah. <laughs> the two of them tumble off the side of a cliff, though Slane is able to grab a rock and climb back up about halfway up, halfway down. Uh, so because Ordof was killed by the shaggy beast, the slaves are now slain. Are now slains. Uh, but he wants them freed. Uko disagrees, and so he keeps the slaves for himself. But man, these slaves are whiny. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, like they need food and they want to drink, and I guess also poop, maybe. Yeah, like some guy's real tough, and you got to feed him chicken liver, chicken livers if he's going to stay tough. You know, so he gets oh, a good price. Man. Um. <laughs> It's perfect. Yeah. In the darkness, our guys see the lights from the Droon War Party. They, maybe they're still angry about that whole uh, Droon uh, Maton stuff, or maybe they have some weird new plan, and that's weird with several meanings. Ooh. Yeah. So the Droons are on the march, and but the, uh, the uh, our guys are just whiling away the night with Uko playing a dice game with one of his new slaves. He's doing <laughs> great until the slave, Gort the Gambler, which should be a tip-off, uh, wage, <laughs> wagers an amber ring against his freedom. And that turns out to be a hustle, and suddenly Uko is Gort's slave. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
real good. Because first they wagered for the ring for Gort's freedom, and then they went double for nothing with you for Uko's freedom. Double for nothing, man. Especially not after your, your luck has suddenly changed after you've been winning all night. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just cut your losses. Seriously, Slain thinks it's pretty funny, though. I I kind of agree. Gort's yeah. real mean to Uko, like just kicks him in the face, kicks him in the ass constantly and stuff. I mean, um, he did keep them as slaves. <laughs> turnabout's fair play, always. Um, so, Oko begs Slane to free him, and Slane eventually relent, re- 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 relents, and he gives Gort another bet. The two of them will throw spears at each other, no dodging sideways, and the winner gets all the slaves. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, and the other one dies, so it's tough. <laughs> thing is, is that he's not particularly known for a sideways dodging. It's true. Gort gets the first throw, and his aim is true, but Slane is able to salmon leap, so he jumps straight over it, dodging upwards, not sideways. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he tried to jump also, which just really made right. him catch yeah. it in the chest. It's, it's Slane's turn. Gort tries to jump, but Slane aims, aims high, and now Gort is a shish kebab. It's real not great. Yeah, Slane just, you know, now this whole thing's over, Slane frees the rest of the slaves, and he and Oko head out on their mammoth. On their way, they, on the, on their way, con- still continuing north to Slane's tribe, they pass a body with claw marks on it near a swamp house. Ooh. Maybe it's the Shoggy Beast's lair. Next time, unwelcome guests. I love that they've kept their mount so far. <laughs> You know, giant, awesome mammoth that's just pooping everywhere. Man, I want to, like, if I, you know, if given the choice, I would ride a mammoth more than any other animal. Even if it didn't, like, fight or anything, that's just a cool way to get around. I mean, if you look at it, it's got a giant platform on its back for chilling. Yeah, it's exactly. You can, like, lie down. You can take a nap and stuff. You know, that that, that mammoth knows where it's going. Yeah, I mean, they, we, we we saw him pouring drinks last episode. Yeah, it <laughs> probably has like a has like a retractable roof. Man, they got it. They're living it up, and they've got slaves. That's right. Well, I mean, they, they gave up the slaves, so it's like whatever. Oh, yeah, I mean. Episode one hundred and nine, Progs three hundred and fifty to three hundred and fifty three, January nineteen eighty four. Three four slain. Oh man. Oh, man. Boorish attitude, buddy. Uh, script robot, Pat Mills, art robot, Mike McMahon, letting robot, Tom Frame. So, <laughs> this is the only story that's not starting fresh this episode. Uh, Slain is a Celtic warrior in prehistoric times. Like, there's before the flood or whatever. Just, mm-hmm. there's stuff going on to worry about it. The, 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 the timing that much. He and his dwarf Uko and their riding elephant are slowly making their way north to return to Slane's people of Assessor. Slane can theoretically warp into a big crazy monster when he wants to, but he doesn't always want to. It's good yeah. times. It's like a psychedelic body horror. Yeah. <laughs> so currently they're moving through this swampy area where a time warped monster known as the Shoggy Beast is on the prowl. In fact, it's- I believe in the last episode they commented, I wonder if that's where the Shoggy Beast lives. And hey, it, as it turns be. out, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, spoilers, it does. <laughs> <laughs> it's raining and really crappy, so they go to this random house to try to stay for the night. Um, well, the owner of the, of, of the house... And his excellent mustache initially refuses them entry. It just I'm takes, just, you know, just some light threats and, to let Slane barge in, basically. Yeah, sorry. Oh, like, okay. You know, I, we'll come back to this, but uh, 
you know, he, he did refuse you like three times. Yeah, maybe he had a reason. Whatever. So this mustache guy, also known as Medrod the Quiet, um, didn't want them to come in because his mother is sick up in the attic. He gives them some gruel to eat, and they all bed down for the night under one big blanket. Night falls as Medrod's uh, mother makes clanking noises upstairs. And we see that Droon War Party that's been following Slain for a while marching on. So awesome. Finally, a nearby weird stone seethes with, pow- with power, causing Medrod to turn into the Shoggy Beast. He's a boar. Oh. oh my god, we gotta beat him up. It's yeah. some really awesome action sequences. Our heroes wake up to horror and Slain draws a burning brand from the fire pit. It's monster fighting time. Hell yeah. This leads us to several pages of just wordless, amazing action by by Mike McMahon as uh, Slain fights the Shoggy Beast and two of them like wrestle around and vie for position and like get do cool fighting things and stuff. It's awesome. They're grabbing each other's faces and backs and then eventually dude grabs a spear and just shoves it right through him. Yeah, yeah, Slain Slain takes his gay bulga and hits the monster in the chest. So, I mean, it's going to get you. Yeah. Now you're dead. And that's how what happens. They investigate the the root, the attic above them, and they see an old lady bound and, t- and gagged up there. Slain frees her, and she breaks down crying when she sees what's been done to, Me- to Medrod. Oh, my sweet shoggy boy! Apparently, um, she's been aware of his condition and for years has been chaining him up when he turned into the shoggy beast. Although he would, of course, sometimes get free and kill some people, but whatever. Um, this yeah, time, I guess though, that just happens. Yeah, one. This time, though, when she tried to chain him up, he turned on her and chained her up instead. And so Slain took him out, and she's real sad. But Uko says, "Like, hey, don't think of it as losing a son. Think of it as gaining a fur coat." So they leave. Uh, um, it's really bad timing, man. Yeah. The next day, the Droon War Party stops by, and it's clear they're looking for Slain now. They're getting so, real close. Yeah. Next, in the, in the next prog, Slain moves to the front of the comic as we begin the Sky Chariot story. Um, mm-hmm. Mick McMahon's still doing the art, but his art style has changed drastically from the last yeah, prog to this time. prog. Which is, it's still real cool. It's just different. You know, he's doing a real, mm-hmm. he's really going all out here, I think. Um, so, Slain and Uko are moving on from another town they just stopped by. Slain wishing a fond farewell, farewell to a lady named Sabra, and Uko doing the same to like six or eight lady dwarfs. <laughs> Which I guess is the normal. Yeah, get whatever. Do it in a big pile. They head out <laughs> on their mammoth when in the distance they hear a funeral bell. A local shepherd boy hears it too and wishes he was dead as well because ever since the Droons built this big dolmen gate nearby, the land and people have begun to wither and die. Oh. We see townsfolk fighting over bugs to eat when our heroes come ro- rolling in and their hungry eyes looking at his mammoth makes him realize their situation. He offers his beast up for the people to eat. They're saved. And this mammoth has been like your bro for a while and he's just like, now nah, you can kill it. Eat yep. it up. Hey, man, you know, life is cheap, and people are hungry. Uh, yeah. And so, hey, you know, let's have a big stew festival. Always a, always the right time for a stew festival. <laughs> so delicious. So they're all saved. They have a big feast to celebrate. But th- but when that same shepherd boy from the start goes out to get more meat, he sees trouble because skull swords have come to town. 
oh my god, and hey, you know what, he doesn't look like he's completely emaciated and miserable, what's going on here? Well, I should say before that, in between this, there's actually this um, thing that Pat Mills wrote, which is basically a two-page thing, talking about his research for Slain, and like in background about like Celtic mythology and stuff, and it's really cool, and really just sort of shows us how much work he's done to kind of create these characters, and like be what the inspiration for Slain and his world is sort of based on. That's really it's awesome, I think. trying to I ground think. it in, in like reality a little bit by saying right. like, hey man, you can draw inspiration from the past, and here's yeah. how. Or at least real myths and stuff, or real like sort yeah, of semi-historical yeah. things. Yeah, it's really awesome actually, and sort of you know, something we don't see a lot of, but it's a cool way of just like, yeah, Pat Mills sort of explaining what this character is about and what it kind of comes from and stuff that I think is really enlightening just in terms of his creative process as well. Yeah, it's inspiring. Yeah. yeah. But like you said, man, these drones have shown up and they see the shepherd boy and see that he's not 100% starving and thus assume that he must have, that he and his people must have like killed a dinosaur and eaten that instead. Hey, what the hell? You're not supposed to do that, guy. Yeah. So they kill him. Um, <laughs> well, and there's, there's actually, there's a lot of like a backstory that's being explained here, or at least like a uh, history without actually doing a flashback, by mm-hmm. the way, appreciated <laughs> where it's like, okay, so there's the, the guy who's writing with the skull swords is Slough, uh, Throt. Yeah. And to, <laughs> to obtain Slough status, you really have to like work at this man, but you also, for all the power that you gain as a drone, you also start to rot in the flesh, yeah. so you get real smelly. And which then every is also all your explained. all your co yeah all your cohorts have to wear these hair masks that like that deadens the smell. Eat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's real good. So it's like, hey, kill this kid. <laughs> so they do. <laughs> yeah, take that kid out. Um, meanwhile, inside the village hall, the townsfolk start complaining to Slain about the drones and their magic and stuff. But Slain's like, Slain's like, I can't help you. I'm just passing through. And suddenly the door bursts open and the drones run in carrying the dead kid. And when they see that everybody's hat is in fact having a big stew party for this dead mammoth, he's like, oh man, sorry about the dead kid. Anyhow, (laughs) (laughs) you guys are going to have to die now. Yeah. And yeah, well, they don't. But then the kid's father, like with tears in his eyes, like jumps up, grabs his sword and attacks them. And... Slough throts like just kill everybody. Then I don't care. Oh. Which pretty much, yeah. The dad dies, and then in an awesome table shield event, Slain just yeah. kills everybody. Yeah, Slain, Slain, Slain flips the table he's at and uses it as a shield to smash into the skull swords. A massive fight breaks out, and while Slain's still too tired to go full warp spasm, he does go mad with the battle rage. And we end Slain this month with a full, awesome, full-color page of Slain Axe and Dude and just throwing them into a giant cook pot and stuff. It's real cool. So awesome. Next time, Slain the Battle Smiter. Oh, God. He just throws a bunch of dudes into this delicious mammoth stew. So awesome, man. Slain's so great. Real good Slain action, man. All right. So damn good. Yeah, loving you know, really loving these slain things. Real good fighting, real good art from Mick McMahon. The uh, the way mm-hmm. he does slain looks like nothing else in the comic. You know, it's really eye catching. Love how like everyone's hair looks super wiry and and barbaric. Yeah, definitely. Episode one hundred and ten, Progs three hundred and fifty four to three hundred and fifty seven, February nineteen eighty four. Through one slain. 
Speaking of homicidal maniacs. Always. Script robot Pat Mills, art robot Mike Mc- McMahon, leg robot Tom Frame. So. <laughs> I guess the way that you kind of deal with a uh, uh, ballroom blitz involving swords is with a giant axe to a bunch of people's faces. Yeah. And the, and the droon in the backs at everyone attack turn into a ballroom blitz. Ballroom <laughs> blitz. <laughs> yes, we pick up in the midst of a giant fight. As the Droon Lord Sloch Throt and his skull swords are attacking an innocent village and Slain ain't having that. Um, no. Time to the, chop up some dudes. Yeah, the fighting continues. Sloth Throt tells his goons he wants Slain alive and Slain is knocked out by the handle of a sword when his axe gets caught in a wall. I gotta say, like, mad props to the, to the skull sword who grabs his sword by the sword and then smacks yeah. him in the back of the head with it. I'm like, that's gotta, like, not... Feel That's, great. Yeah, heads up play for sure. That's why you got to wear those metal gauntlets, you know, so you can turn that sword around, whack a dude with it. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so they wow. toss water on Slain to de-warp him, and Slain hears Throt's offer, basically, be his personal battle smiter or bodyguard, and he'll be well paid, and the village will get enough food to last through the winter. Refuse, and the town will be burned to the ground, and he'll be get, and he'll get the blood eagle. So uh, I, I love, he agrees. <laughs> I I love. He's just like, uh, and if I refuse, he's like, I mean, you know, all the evil shit. So yeah, just as bad as it can be. Like, oh, okay, I guess I'll go then. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Slain agrees, and he, Uko, Slothrot, and the goons all head by head to a nearby dolmen, which is this big ass series of like standing stones and you know just sort of Stonehengey looking things. Not actually Stonehenge, but Stonehengey. Uh, Yes. Which traps Earth energy and builds up enough of it to cause a sailing ship to rise into the air and fly. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, cue uh, Final Fantasy I uh, airship music. I mean, I guess it's also like the death ship, right? Like, uh, Yeah, so this I'm one's way, way, on. yeah, way eviler than any Final Fantasy uh, <laughs> uh, airship, I must say. Oh, wait, no, except maybe the airships that start of Final Fantasy IV when, 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 oh, when yeah, Cecil's in charge from... Yeah, 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 that's a pretty yeah. cool, evil airship. Oh, man, I like you, Conrad. Fucking nerds, bro. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the ship takes off and flies. It's cool. The ship's going north, and Uk- but and as they fly, Uko makes a fair point. Like, if Slowthrot is worried is worried enough to hire Slain, he's probably in some pretty big trouble. <laughs> I... There was this part in the first page where they're flying and they see all this nature below them, and Uko uh, like barfs over the edge. I was really hoping the next like little picture yeah, they, would be like the squirrel that they show just getting barfed. <laughs> they definitely don't follow it up, which is a bummer. But yeah, we're we're up, up and away in my beautiful flying ship. A lot of singing oh, in this episode, I guess. Beautiful. <laughs> so. We sort of we're we're flying around on this ship. We get some home life of Slowthrot, where he gets pissed at being brought fresh meat instead of old decayed meat because I mean, he's a droon yeah. and all smelly. <laughs> Which I guess just means that you eat rotten shit. Yep, among other things, I guess. And we oh. learn that Throt has hired Slain because he fears someone, but it's not here. It's not clear who. We go I in mean, a to- kind yeah. of, you kind of get it already. You can definitely start picking it up for sure. On a tour of the ship, we see that, that the hold is full of these cages of the half-dead, like these zombie warriors, several of whom seem to be uh, Slain's old buddies. 
on deck. Throughout is growing increasingly paranoid. He accuses the guy who dropped a barrel of attempting to assassinate him. And you know how you deal with that, right, Counterhead? I mean, the obvious way, of course. You tie them to the crow's nest of the ship and then use your powers to summon a big flock of crows that eats the guy alive. Which really, I mean, the irony of it all. Irony? I mean, irony? He, like, it's a crows whatever. that's got crows. It's sort of an Alanis set kind yeah. of irony, I'd say. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's just sort of like two things happening, I guess. <laughs> Jesus. There we go. Yeah. So uh, anyhow, the next day a storm whips up and the ship starts to lose like power, basically. So they got to sacrifice a bull. Of course, um, like you always bring a sacrificial bull on. You an have airship. to have a, when you're flying your airship. You got to have a whole bunch of bulls on board so you can periodically sacrifice them to keep your ship powered up. It's like having it's like having an extra tank of gas in your car. You just got to <laughs> pop over and like refill the tank periodically because you can't stop like as you're driving because you're like in the desert or something. I don't know. Oh God. Um, Anyhow, and I mean, like to be to be fair, like your average sailing ship would have um, like live animals aboard it, sure. Um, just because it's way easier, it, it, it ends up being easier to keep like a bull alive as or a, a, a an animal alive as you traveled than to preserve meat for that long, for instance. Um, but anyhow, <laughs> Conrad, Real no, facts. Th- that's just me knowing stuff. Um, just real real sailing facts with conrad yeah i got a lot so they go to bring the bull one of the bulls on deck but all the bulls get loose and they start stampeding around the deck of the ship as good yeah as the bull as the bulls run uko realizes that throt must be worried about another droon and uh slough throt admits that he's hiding from slough feg the evil guy we met a couple time times and now protect me and slain takes the bull by the horns and then into a uh, like a weird contraption where he then bashes its skull in. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes well, a bunch the, of yeah. blood. The sky ship lists around as Slain drags the bull into this block and cuts the bull's head off. I'd say. Um, the uh, then all the other bulls on the ship go, uh, see a dragon and begin an open world adventure. It's very nice, um, <laughs> popular game. <laughs> The the joke I always make when someone gets their head when someone gets executed wow. in uh, two thousand eight really really great <laughs> just Skyrim constantly uh, the yes. blood manages to refresh the weird stones that power the ship and Throt crows at his victory over Feg but before Slane can get more answers out of Throt they're attacked by some sky blades oh it's so cool <laughs> oh man I guess like what. What is uh, a skyship complete if not for a Norse esque uh, Nor- yeah. band? Viking sky pirates. They got three oh, ships. So good. It's real good. They're, all the ships are led by mighty heroes, and and Magic Man goes crazy drawing all these guys too. Ooh, it's neat. They start lowering baskets full of warriors onto Slain's boats <laughs> to gather acorns for Vodin. That's uh, you know, heads. You know what I'm saying. Yay! Um, anyhow, yeah. So uh, there's also guys sliding down on grappling hooks, and these guys only fear the slaw, the uh, straw death, Fox, and that's to die in bed. And with Slain around, there's no fear of that. And I just got to keep calling out uh, Mc- McMahon's art here. Everything is so awesome, just as these fight oh, scenes dear. go out and stuff. 
you know, they're so like, they're like impressionistic almost. Or I, like, I don't know. I have trouble describing it, but just like the, uh, the way he draws these guys and just the way the art comes together is really amazing. Um, it's intensity, right? Like, yeah, there's, there's never a shot of just like, uh, someone standing around. It's like, I'm sliding down a rope. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm slain. I'm cutting that rope. The guy's looking at him cutting the rope. And then the next thing is him just falling to us. There's so much action going on at once. Yeah. The battle in the sky continues as the sky blades start ramming Slane's ship. Uh, they'll have to release the half dead. So Slane basically ends up dropping a cage full of zombie warriors onto the decks of one of the sky, <laughs> of, of, of one of the sky blades. And it crashes just as it gets overrun by just a swarm of zombie, uh, killers, you know? Not um, not a great situation to be in if you're on that boat. Absolutely not. Yeah. So the deck of so another Skyblade crashes into Slain ship, and the two forces just like start a hand to hand melee across the two decks of the ship, and it just like to me it looks a lot like one of those big like crazy Renaissance paintings, like almost mm-hmm. like um like the Final Judgment in the Sistine Chapel or something, where there's just like. A thousand tiny little details going on in this massive full page battle that's just two sides against each other in this furious melee, you know? Stabbing the hell out of each other. It's really it's awesome. Really amazing. <laughs> so, uh, so one of the Skyblades tries to get Slain to switch sides, but he words the offer poorly and instead just sort of reopening Slain's daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't mention that like the son and I yeah. could be like yeah. my you're, son. Yeah, you're you, you if like if you were as brave as my son, I'd be proud. It's like my dad sucked. I hate you. Like whoa, jeez. <laughs> hey man, not, you're deflecting really hard here. I, yeah. I wanted to offer you like food and and stuff, but all right, I gotta kill you now. <laughs> I mean, okay. Um, <laughs> so. They keep fu- so the battle's raging, but the second skyship is coming alongside, and they got no hope if that shows up. The drones confer. You know what to do, but you must do it before Slain can stop you. I don't know what they're going to do. I'll be honest. Something gross and magical, I'd imagine. Next time, chariots of fire. Oh man, Slain's so good. It's real good, dude. Just good. Good hand-to-hand combat, good sword and sorcery stuff. Like this, this flying ship thing is really interesting. I'm just sort of like yes. taking it to the next level, like magical junk, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I like how this whole month has just been, and here's how you fight in a skyship. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like I don't know, every every time he's sort of done with a segment of like moving, right? Like, yeah. His mammoth gets eaten by villagers, and it's like, well, now what's he going to do? Oh, well, don't worry. We're going to put him on a skyship. And I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah, no. It's, it's really awesome just the mammoth. Yeah, it keeps up in these antes of uh, crazy slain vehicles and stuff for sure. Yeah, yes. I'm super excited about it. Episode 111, Progs 358 to 361, March 1984. Thrill 1, slain. Oh, man. I, he's killing so many dudes. Yeah. Script robot for Slain is Pat Mills. Art robots Mick McMahon and Massimo Bellardinelli. Letting robot Tom Frame. Um, so he just killed like a boat of dudes, right? Yeah. Well, wait, well, I just want to say that uh, before we start, I should mention that as we're recording this episode today, Pat Mills has just released the book uh, Kiss My Axe, which oh. is all about the development of Slain up to and including this very storyline of uh, the Sky Chariots. 
Uh, it Ooh. just came out, so I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but it's very high on my list. I'm super excited to check it out. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, and anyhow, you know, so yeah, like you're saying, Fox, just so we're clear, Slain is fighting Sky Vikings while <laughs> working as a bodyguard for an evil Drune wizard on a flying ship. It's, it's pretty like awesome. all of my fantasies come to life. <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, oh, man, I mean, I got so many questions for you about these flying ships. So, okay, <laughs> just before we jump into this, yeah. like, do they even know how much blood you need to put on a weird stone? No, They're, like, I, killing yeah. They have no idea. Blood on. Why don't? Why not just like rub a little bit of blood and see if that's if that takes it, right? Like, it's a fair point, I guess. When when there's when your life is on the line, like there's no time to be measured. <laughs> you know, you kind of just gotta. You know, it's like when you're trying to outrun an avalanche. Like, yeah, like listen, maybe if you just sort of tap the accelerator, you'll be fast enough. But honestly, <laughs> at that point, you feel like you're you wanna you wanna just go pedal to the metal. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the version of that it's just sacrificing all your bowls onto the weird stone to keep your ship going you know like you aren't gonna get fuel good fuel economy that way but you outrun the avalanche so whatever that may be my favorite analogy that you've ever done in defense of uh just bleeding all over a stone i mean you know they gotta figure it out man but so okay all right, enough not doing it. <laughs> I gotta say that that this whole, all this story is a soup. Like the art is goddamn glorious. Um, you know, oh, yeah. Mike McMahon draws everything so awesomely. Just the way the action flows in these pages, um, or the way the panels like get laid out, really like oh, yeah. randomly like and stuff. Film. Yeah, it just really like everything flows into the next, and it's really just. Uh, is super engrossing and really amazing. It's a great opener for the comic. It just throws you into this action and just keeps it rolling, you know? Yeah. Um, so beautiful. Yeah. And just so, carnage. Oh yeah. <laughs> Slain's just killed one Viking leader. And now he, and now he's getting called out from all sides. Uh, he leaps into battle as we get these dynamic action shots that McMahon does so well. The men mm. fight and trade insult. Even Uko gets in on the killing. Things get, Oh dude. He saves Slane's life? Yeah. He stabs a guy in the back with a spear. And things get real staccato here. There's a page that has like 14 panels in it. Just this massive like yeah. individual pieces of action spread out around the page and stuff. It's amazing. And like a barely any text. It's just oh, yeah, like no. It's just a total, just like one, like Slane seeing guys and then him moving to attack them. And you get a lot of like individual face shots of Slain and then just a picture of Slain in motion attacking guys and things. That's really great. It's just a lot great. of killing. Yeah. Meanwhile, Slowthrot, the evil wizard Slain's protecting, uh, uh, begins to plan to take care of the second Skyblade ship coming after them. He sacrifices a passenger on board to power the Weird Stone that makes the Twitch. ship, yeah, it makes the ship fly fast and then he harnesses the Weird Stone's magic to make a nearby volcano erupt and take out the Skyblades. But a torrent of hot ash also hits Slain's ship. I mean, this is what's going to happen when you're next to an active volcano. You gotta walk you out, watch active. out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the Vikings go down in flames, and Slain isn't doing much better as the volcano sh as the volcano blast capsizes his skyship. Uh, Slain desperately holds the tiller to try to bring the ship into a controlled crash landing, but in the end, only Slain, Uko, a merchant, and Slough thought Throt survived the crash. Oh, God. 
It's awesome. The, the four of them continue on foot or on Slane's back, in Oko's case, through a forest full of hungry beasts. <laughs> Shit gets turned up to 11. Yeah, it's, it's qu- like, <laughs> Go ahead. We just got shot with a volcano. Now, do you know what's coming next? Massive boar attack! <laughs> <laughs> a giant boar rushes out of the undergrove to attack Slothrot. Slain dispatches it, and Throt uses its blood to draw a magic oh. circle around them, because it seems as though Slaufeg, the evil leader of the Druns, has commanded Karnun, the, horn- the horned god, to destroy them, and suddenly just the entire forest appears <laughs> to attack them. Every living thing from bears to deer to rabbits all looking at them murderously held at bay by Throt's circle. It is my favorite picture I have ever seen in Slain ever. <laughs> Just the way McMahon draws it, it's like all the beasts, all these beasts are like angular with like angry eyes and massive teeth and stuff. And they just look so terrifying. It's amazing. Oh, it's super great. This is what happens when a, a god of animals just yeah. is determined to eat you with whatever mouth he can summon. Totally, yeah. 100% surrounded, Slain demands to know what Slaughthrot has done. And he explains, basically, he's stolen Slaughthfeg's plan for Ragnarok, the Day of Doom. Yeah. Um, it's how he's going to destroy the land of the young, including his own empire. He'll cause a terrible war, which will lead to an endless winter, and then a huge deluge to drown the world. And the way McMahon draws all these, like, again, all the way he draws all these fates coming to pass remains just super, I can't say enough about it, I gotta say. Well, it's in almost like a Celtic knot. Yeah, exactly. And everything is drawn inside of it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Um, Throt wants to stop, wants to stop Feg, but the merchant that survived with them is less than impressed. He starts to gesticulate (laughs) angrily, and when he does, his arm passes Outside the circle, that the horse that, uh, just that, uh, eats it. Throck, but yeah, he just gets eaten alive by all the animals. It's amazing. So <laughs> there's it like look, rats and toads coming after him. Yeah, just taking them out. It looks like so. It looks like Throt doesn't have the guts to go through with his own destruction, which Ragnarok would of course entail. And so he plans to betray Feg, and he'll pay Slain to help him do so. Uh, Slain is skeptical about this offer. <laughs> <laughs> especially as a horde of giant worms swarms up from underground from underneath the circle and devours slow throt and the secret plans it's a ama- it's ridiculous it is super disgusting and 100% happens <laughs> totally yeah no just these like huge like arm-sized worms come out of the ground and start eating them so i i mean like i get wanting to distribute you know your literature on you know, the the grand scheme of things to all of your super evil wizards. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it's if it's going to happen anyway, and, and it was just those three things, is it so bad that it falls into it? Like, how did he steal it? Why is it important? I, I mean, clearly just need to write it down. I think it's got the specifics in there, like how he's going to uh, start the war, or like what spells he's going to use to make the winter and junk like that. Ah, uh, gotcha. And you give so it that, to another powerful wizard. Yeah, if you they, give it to to like the druids in the in the, in the north, and they'd be able to counteract some of these things, or like you know, like you remember uh, what's her name, a uh, 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 Maeve or whatever, the lady mm-hmm. that Slain saved from the Burning Man, and then. Um, 
slow slow fig ordered to go marry a, a member one of the kings of the no- of the uh, of the northern tribes like so descent oh, you know shit that's right you'd be able to like see her coming and be like not today lady and stuff like that <laughs> that's, that's what you'd say true. you'd say not today lady <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh do you know what conrad yeah <laughs> I love this conversation we just. <laughs> Anyhow, um, but I just want to so 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 Slane and Oko um wander off. They're like Oko's pretty sure that some force must have saved them instead of just killing them. Anyhow, because they were there, um, and he's sort of worried about that. Slane's sort of whatever, and they're just sort of heading off into the forest. the The important <laughs> thing to he- for to, to mention here, though, Fox, is that um this is actually the end. Of uh, Mick McMahon doing stuff on our show, like for the near future at oh. least. This is like his last um, time in 2080. He's been with us since the beginning. You know, he drew some of the first dreads. He's done stuff in all the dread mega epics, including Block Mania. He did a bunch of art on ABC Warriors and the VCs and stuff. Um, and it's sad to see him go, like for sure. He'll be wow. back. He'll be back for Prague 500, and then he'll be back way later in like the mid in like the mid thousands when he starts doing some more stuff for 2000 AD. And he's actually done some stuff pretty recently, but um, this is sort of the end of his, of him being on on our podcast for the next couple of years at least. That's insane. You know, he really went out on top with this Sky Chariots, which was so, which is this, uh, you know. Work it's of art, breathtaking. yeah. That is such an evolution, even from his slain stuff, which itself was an evolution from um, his dread stuff, um, and just going out really on top with this amazing, like, unforgettable storyline. Basically, it was it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, just I, it's really because when you started calling it out, it was one of these pages where you see him taking up like half of it. And it, he's in mid swing of an axe, just like jumping into mm-hmm. the other panels below, and it's yeah. just very arresting. Um, man, that sucks. This guy's a great artist. Yeah, McMahon's really awesome, and it's yeah, it's a super bummer to see him go. Um, you know, but it also sort of whatever. You know, we'll have more um, artists as they come in, and you know, it's important to sort of recognize these milestones and appreciate guys as they sort of do their work. I think you know. <laughs> That was Slain Warriors Dawn. This is just where the collections end. This era of Slain actually continues into the next collection, Slain Time Killer. Like I said in the recaps, this is some of, of McMahon's final prog work, while Bell Arginelli, of course, has lots more to do in 2000 AD. And of course, Pat Mills will continue to bounce between Slain, Nemesis, ABC Warriors, and others as the years go by. Top slain moments. One, the Battle of the Burning Man. It introduces a bunch of characters we'll see in the future, as well as an introducing background um, characters like Slain's parents and the story of how his mother died. Also, just to me, that image of a bunch of barbarians fighting their way through the flaming superstructure of a giant wicker man is a both amazing and iconic. There's a reason it's been revisited so many times in the history of slain next the battle of the sky chariots lots of battles just sky vikings dog fighting it out high above the earth an amazing mix of tiny staccato panels and giant full page ones and just amazing awesome action-packed art by mick mcmahon 
And finally, I want to talk about the uh, the aftermath of the Sky Chariots, where we learn the secret plan for the apocalypse by Lord Weird Slough Feg. And we see some measure of his power, those giant earthworms coming up to devour Slough-Throt and things like that. Amazing. Um, these are things that also – that story also like teased that a greater power might be protecting Slane or leading him to a greater destiny. This stuff will all echo through Slane and be a big deal in the stories we're coming to. Although, of course, to get to that, we might have to deal with a certain uh, Tomb of Terror and other things of that nature. So what did you think of Slain Warrior's Dawn, the start of a bold new epic, an out-of-place Conan ripoff? Let me know what you think by email at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com, on the 2080 forums, or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at spacespinner2k. If you have anything else, look up spacespinner2000, and we should be there. You can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitch, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or our podcast site at spacespinner2000.com. Thank you for listening to this Space Spinner 2000 collection. We'll be back soon with awesome 2080 action. Until then, I'm Conrad, and this has been the collection for Slain Warriors Dawn. Splendig Firthrig! Rig!